Have you ever wondered how mathematicians and physicists come up with their groundbreaking theories? Or how we use science to solve complex real-world problems? Join my team and I as we explore topics ranging from calculus, paradynamics, biology, chemistry, computer science, and well, just about everything in between. Whether you're a student of math, a curious learner, or simply someone who wants to know more about the beauty of numbers and corrosion, this podcast is for you. We want to extend a special thank you to CSU Channel Island's Dolphin Radio, NASA's Undergraduate Student Research Challenge, and all of the otherworldly mentors which make undergraduate research in this podcast possible. And hey, don't forget to check out our website, crackingmathpodcast.com. So tune in, grab a pencil and paper, and get ready to crack the secrets of math. Welcome to this episode of Cracking the Secrets of Math. Today we have Joseph and Piola. My name is Trent. I'm an applied physics major, and today we're going to be cracking the secrets of mix, right? Microbiologically induced corrosion. Um, and then today we also have uh, Professor Flores this. of mathematics. Wonderful. We're happy to have you here. Piolo, what's your major? My major is biochemistry. I've also got a minor in biology. And Joseph? I am a mathematics major with an emphasis in statistics. Wonderful. And today we're wondering, Joseph, what's on your mind? Well, today I'm thinking about Mick. Thinking about Mick, right? That's not like McDonald's, though. It's uh, <laughs> nope. microbiologically induced corrosion. I don't think you want to be eating these. And, and so what about Mix? How, how, how is that important, especially to what we're doing? We're studying electrochemical corrosion degradation. Why are Mix important to what we're doing? Well, typically we think of corrosion as an abiotic process, but it turns out certain microorganisms participate in corrosion. The biggest contributors to corrosion are bacteria, and they can be subdivided into two categories based on how they influence the corrosion process. As you might expect, one of these two categories accelerates the corrosion process, but what may surprise you is that the second category of bacteria can actually inhibit it. This dichotomy can seriously complicate modeling of corrosion because a typical corroding surface has many different strains of bacteria, some of which enhance corrosion, while others inhibit it. So as a researcher trying to build a model, you have to ask yourself, which combinations and amounts of bacteria cause a net increase in corrosion, and which cause a net decrease, as well as the spatial distribution of these bacteria? Additionally, you need to know the time evolution of the bacterial composition of the corroding surface. This requires a great deal of knowledge of the biology of these bacteria. Some of these bacteria grow faster than others and can quickly colonize the surface, while others can more efficiently acquire resources. So not only are you trying to model their influence on corrosion, but you're also trying to model how their competition with each other for space and resources is going to come into play. And I think that's what we found too thus far. We've been working with PLO and mm -hmm. working with Dr. Becerra and trying to integrate the mix into our uh, 
corrosion modeling or corrosion experiments, right? But it's, but like Joseph said, it's not that simple because there is a lot of components that, that play into this. Like you said, some, do we know which ones inhibit uh, corrosion or prohibit corrosion? Well, microorganisms are found pretty much anywhere, but for our research specifically, because we're working with corrosion, we decided to go with, and we're a marine environment because if you're looking at, let's just say the whole of a ship, right? It's in the ocean water. And obviously there's a bunch of microorganisms that you can find within the ocean water. And so kind of just targeting that specific area, obviously again, micro or microorganisms are found pretty much anywhere, mm -hmm. but trying to focus in on stuff that is found in a marine environment is what we're looking at. Especially that coupled with like the salinity of the water is a prime mm -hmm. candidate for electrochemistry. So that's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We also want to look at a marine environment because it's economically relevant. In general, corrosion causes trillions of dollars of damage each year. And some researchers found 20% of all corrosion in aquatic systems involve microorganisms. Major infrastructures such as oil pipelines are subject to corrosive marine environments, and microorganisms take a primary role in this process, making it very difficult to judge the impact over time and making it nearly impossible to predict. And that's the thing. Uh, I was looking into some of the uh, just oil pipelines, and uh, statistically, all of our underwater oil lines are made out of steel. And in the Gulf of Mexico alone, there's 6,800 miles of active pipelines. And these are all submerged in water. And to have a better understanding of the microbiological effects of, that can uh, cause corrosion or accelerate corrosion really is going to help uh, address some of the like, uh, infrastructure issues we have. Like you said, it's a multi-trillion dollar uh, uh, business is... is degradation even even in our cities our streets our our you know water pipelines and stuff they're all none of them are uh, immune to the effects of corrosion an important problem to consider and i want to ask um piolo and joseph today how you are taking the knowledge that you've gained about mix or maybe what knowledge is important to consider when you're developing let's say, a mathematical model, which wouldn't capture the physical phenomenon in its purely observable fashion, uh, what part of the MIC behavior is important to consider when developing a mathematical model? So I definitely think the biggest thing is understanding whether or not the microorganism will inhibit corrosion or accelerate corrosion. Mm -hmm. And going back to your question you posed earlier is what microorganisms are going to be doing which. Um, the two that we were hoping to work with were Bacillus subtilis, which I believe inhibits corrosion, and P. lipolitica, which will accelerate corrosion. I could have that backwards. Um, that's on me. I, I just can't remember off the top of my head. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's correct. It's a 50-50. It's a 50-50. <laughs> You're going to get one right. <laughs> one of them is right. If not, they're both wrong. <laughs> um, but we've chosen those two because one of them will do inhibition. The other one will expedite the process. right? And so understanding which one does which and being able to 
have a way to measure that and then being able to incorporate that into the overall model is what we're hoping to accomplish. And we've also chosen Bacillus subtilis because it's an extremely common bacteria. It lives in many different environments, whether it's soil or ocean water. And in the case of modeling corrosion in a marine environment, Bacillus subtilis is one of the most dominant strains found in the ocean. So we think it's a good representation of an actual marine environment. And that's, oh, go ahead. I was just say that's particularly useful for us in, in the experiment that Curtis and I are doing, where we are taking about 0.5 molar selenic water, um, and we're able to map the current densities of a corroding metal. And we can introduce the mix by having that sample, looking at the corrosion density maps, and then comparing it with water that has one or the other or both uh, microbes and see how they compare. Um, I'm actually very curious too. I, I think I'm most intrigued by the ones that uh, inhibit corrosion because that seem, seems like something that could be actually utilized in material science to make these oil pipelines and things last longer. I mean, if you could put a biofilm mm -hmm. over mm -hmm. and, and figure out a way to make that an integral part of the piece of metal, you could actually have something that, that could last way longer than, than, than you know, I guess standard, standard steel. Yeah, so kind of just like a brief overview of that is that we're going to have four samples, one of them being just pure ocean water, nothing done with it. Um, the next sample would be sterilized ocean water, hopefully using an autoclave. The next one would be a container filled with Bacillus subtilis. And then the last one, hopefully, would be the one with P. Lipolitica. So once we have that, we would have steel chips. And they would have to be prepared a certain way just to make sure that they're not affected by outside sources. And then we would submerge them within those different solutions. And let the, let the biofilms form over a couple days, maybe a week or so. Once we have that and there's a biofilm that's formed, hopefully then is when we can pass it off mm -hmm. to Curtis and Trent to do their experiments on in terms of corrosion. Right. And, 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 and our, the apparatus that we're designing, it's called uh, SVET, the Scanning Vibrational Electrode t Technique. And basically, it allows us to take an electrode and move it across the surface, and we're able to pick up um, current density maps. And that's very that's very crucial with our electrochemistry because that's what we're using for our mathematical models. Mm -hmm. And we would expect that if the uh, the mix actually did have an effect one way or another on corrosion, we would see a difference. And that's that's a way that we can quantify that. Um, similarly, we have other techniques. We're doing uh, dry weight measurements of the metal oxides that are forming. Um, and we're also ex ex uh, exploring surface proliferometry where we actually just measure the roughness and it allows us to compare one sample to the other um, in a pretty cost-effective way, which, which is a plus too. Um, some other, one other technique that we're also hope, hoping to explore, I believe, is Fourier transform infrared spectroscopy. Mm -hmm. But that is more so just a, a means of characterizing the different microorganisms. Right. Just so it's like, oh, this was the plate that had this microorganism, um, or it's going to be this plate that had the P. Lipolitica. And so they're like, uh, along with the SVET, right, we have different ways of characterizing the different plates, mm -hmm. just to make sure that we're also just not getting them mixed up, right? Like, oh, we don't want to accidentally be like me, who can't remember 
what plate did what, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, helping a way to characterize it and like, okay, so this is the one that was inhibiting corrosion. Right. This one was the one that was expediting it, right? It's good for me because I'm going to forget because I've already forgotten. So I have to do... They, <laughs> then you hand it to the physicist and we're supposed to... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so having like multiple techniques that we can utilize and explore to make sure everything runs as smoothly as possible while also getting the data and results that we are looking for, hopefully. Mm -hmm. That is really neat, actually. You know, it's a powerful tool and that's a powerful thing that, that especially the FOIA transport infrared spectroscopy, mm -hmm. <laughs> what a mouthful. That's, that's actually really neat. It is mm -hmm. a neat thing that could be done to help characterize. And something that I personally haven't worked with just yet. So that's why I'm hopefully going to learn a lot when I explore that specific uh, process and how that's going to work and how we can use the Poirier transform in that specific way. Uh, except for the fact I've been trying to get my hands on that scale electron microscope. That's, that's another thing we can talk about. Yeah. How's, how's that going? Uh, it's actually doing not that bad. Um, Dr. Wood, he's been asking around, as with Dr. Becerra. She didn't know that UCLA and Texas A&M have the same exact um, microscope. Uh, she said that there were quotes that it might take $40,000 to to get it back and running. But the thing is, this is the top of the line microscope even today. So it's like $140,000 microscope, new, or fix the one that we had, but I've also kind of got different things from different people. So I don't, that I don't know. I no, just want to plug it in. That's what I've heard, you know, through the grapevine is that we might, because there are different disciplines that could benefit from mm -hmm. having a scanning electron microscope, is that maybe we can pull in the different departments to help pitch mm -hmm. in in fixing the, the microscope. Basically, I mean, it's a powerful tool. It's, it's a super tool for physicists. And I, and I think you did hit it on the head that we're trying to make this a multidisciplinary effort because from what I've been talking to and, and everyone in other departments is that there is unanimous use for this device. It's just that barrier of us. I mean, it needs and room. <laughs> um, and so that's just something that we're working with. And there's many of other things that we have to jump over before we're able to plug her in, so to speak. But, um, but I digress. So <laughs> that, that, that would be basically the other tool in supplement to the uh, infrared spectrum. Well, one of the things we're trying to do is take some existing models of corrosion that uh, don't include the aspect of microbiology and see if we can uh, modify those in, in a simple way to account for the influence of microbiology. And right now we're only focusing on one or two microorganisms, but I think our ultimate goal is to uncover something new that will allow us to create a more universal model. Absolutely, absolutely. We uh, will make a great effort to post episodes weekly um, as we have, I mean, almost every week we have new updates, right? Um, and so, so with that, we want to thank um, all of our listening community and CSUCI's Dolphin Radio for making this podcast possible. Uh, so please tune in again and, you know, welcome. Not welcome. Goodbye. <laughs> no, we're all welcome. Yeah. This is a very welcome. This is a very welcome space. And this is Cracking the Secrets of Math. Thank you, guys.